1: Is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We are live on YouTube, we're live on Twitch, we're live on Twitter slash X, we're live on Instagram. Maybe you're listening later. Spotify, Stitcher, the app of your choice. However, if you are listening on Google Podcasts, Please stop doing that. I mean, don't stop doing that right now. <laughs> what you got to stop doing is it's going away at the end of March. So subscribe literally anywhere else that podcasts are posted. We are absolutely everywhere. Or on Google Podcasts, they have a thing where you can transfer it over to YouTube Music if you use that. Apparently, it's very easy. So there you go. Oh, little, everybody loves a little business up top, right? Oh, man. That's a fun part. Yeah. To really draw people into the podcast talking about.
2: It's my favorite part of the mullet. I've never investigated it beyond the business up front.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, whenever I listen to WTF, I listen to Mark Marin talking about where he posts the podcast, and then I turn it right off. Smart. I'm like, I got what I Smart. want.
2: You yeah, know? that's the fun part here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's Serial, no comedy same thing.
1: That. I, I solve the mystery of where they post the podcast, and I'm done.
2: And then I You just it. listen through the MailChimp ad, and you're like, I, I got it.
3: Yeah, I got the gist. That's I don't cool. think you know what uh, podcasts are. I think <laughs> I have a pretty fair idea. Okay. Is this a podcast?
2: Yep. Not yet. Not until you invited our lovely guests.
1: Hey! Uh, great to be out there yeah. because we have a packed show for you tonight with three guests. Why don't we bring in our first one of the evening? He is the creator of the new book, Orange Flavor, Micah Rock hey. hey! What's up? Hey! Micah. Oh, boy. Welcome to the show. Very excited to have you here. You are the creator, as I mentioned, of Orange Flavor, which is, oh, wow, print copy. Justin's got a print copy over there. This is something that I I would suggest is lovingly inspired by the indie zines of our youth, if you will, Uh, and try to bring them back, throwing it back to a little bit of that old school anarchic, anarchic, anarchic? I don't uh, know how you pronounce that word, uh, feel <laughs> from back in the day from things like Raw and otherwise. Greg from Everlog, is that what you were inspired by here?
4: You, you're exactly right. I, I, uh, I, I wrote down a, a, my media talking points here. And the thing that uh, finally, I've wanted to make wow. a comic forever. And the thing that like finally broke it open for me was reading uh, Dan Claus's Eight Ball, which oh nice. nice. That that similar uh, energy that you're describing right now of just like going for it, kind of a little edgy uh, and just fun, just having fun the way you think uh, it should be, I guess. Uh, Well,
1: talk specifically about the book then. Like, what Mm. once you decided, okay, this is the kind of thing I wanted to do. Why orange flavor? Why (laughs) this? Why was this the right?
4: (laughs) So. It started uh, like I said. I've been trying to like, I've been wanting to like make like a a book worth printing, basically, for a long time. I've done uh, a lot of web stuff and what have you, um, but I basically just had this backlog of comics that I was making for no reason other than just to text my friends. I was nice. like yeah. literally like making like eleven by seventeen drawn and then scanned comics and literally just sending them by text. I'm like, I like these. I don't really know where to put them or what to do with them. And then yeah, I uh I, I've been a, more of like a manga dude and uh more like uh like indie stuff, but like like not like you're describing, like where it's more zine and like almost like a someone's own personal magazine, basically. And then when I saw um uh, eight ball, I was just like, Oh my god, yes, I wanna make my own humor magazine. Like that's what I want to do and uh, uh i i found a place for all these odds and ends and then i uh kind of made uh, uh i wrote a story based on my childhood as like the the opening uh, salvo and uh and just tried to ha- have everything sort of have a similar energy throughout uh and uh that uh energy i coined as uh, orange orange flavor. Wow. orange flavor there we go
3: nice makes
4: total sense now i'm <laughs> like
2: i want to ask you uh, what year is this are you starting working on this texting your friends is this recent i worked with you on a tv show uh, yeah. many years ago now were are you Ooh. doing this then
4: i was doing other stuff that didn't make it into this but yeah for sure i uh, i i uh, i would say everything that is in the uh, in the comic is from uh, probably like three years ago as far back as it goes but (laughs) i was doing this exact definitely this exact sort of thing back then just being like where do i put this i I, it doesn't feel like i should uh, make this a web comic i don't really know what this is but i think it's funny and my friends seem to think it's funny and kind of evolved from there
1: uh, we got a comment here from YouTube. Nat Towson says, Orange flavor reminded me a lot of Love and Rockets. Was that any bit of the inspiration there?
4: I discovered that afterwards, actually. Um, and it immediately was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I, I basically, I, I don't know how I would describe myself. Like I, 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 I missed all the Marvel stuff early somehow. My grandfather had a huge comic collection was just an just the most amazing comic collection you've ever seen and he got me into like little nemo and all the carl barks duck comics and like um what was the other oh elf quest first time i saw elf quest he's legit like legit legit more legit than me like legit elf quest is like right that's like
2: the deepest level yeah like that
4: was like the first time i was like 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 what is this feeling I'm feeling looking at these sexy little elf girls? Like what is happening here? I'm like nine years old, and my grandpa was like, "Check it out, pretty cool, huh?" <laughs> um, that's, uh, I'm like, that's, that's the this- most distilled. That's like dabbing
2: <laughs> for weed in a comic book. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the most distilled down version
4: of it. First time I ever saw Bone was him as well. Oh so wow! Like the, that's yeah. the kind of like place I I I wound up comic book wise, and then I started getting into manga uh, later. And it wasn't only until recently that I started getting into the more of like, like the, like you're saying, the Raws and the um, Love and Rockets and then, yeah, Eight Ball, which I straight up just like, I'm like, this is an amazing format. I'm doing my version of this format.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before, wait, before, sorry, real quick before I forget, before we get any further. So, Every week on the show, we have a professional chef named Brett Ooh. Macris, uh, aka like most, like, like most podcasts, like most podcasts, <laughs> as yeah. one does. WTF cereal? All they take uh, a little pause to talk about the recipe of the week, and we all know this. Like every podcaster
2: has a professional chef. Yeah, on, they
1: talk the about record. they talk about where they're posted and any changes there. Then they talk <laughs> about the recipe, and then I turn it off. I just cut it right off. <laughs> I'm done with it at that point. Anyway, uh, he comes up with a cocktail every week or curates a cocktail. And this week he was inspired by orange flavor. So I nice. going to throw that up there. Super tidy. Sorry if you can't see it. Uh, but it is called Appropriately Orange Flavor. Uh, it is created by Stray Bullet Rock and Roll. And it's a egg white vodka, orange liqueur, Campari, orange juice, lemon juice, and an orange peel. Um, so, yeah, very, Dang. like... Like a orange cream creamsicle yeah. in the nice. baker
4: form. It's an I'd love to get a... for yeah, that's lo- that's exactly <laughs> yeah, that's my speed right there. Amazing,
3: yeah.
1: I'd love
4: yeah. to get a copy of this because uh, media talking point. Uh, because this Saturday, <laughs> I'm hosting <laughs> the official launch party for uh, uh, for um, orange flavor at Grievous Bar, or excuse me, Grievous nice. Angel Bar, 53 Stone Street. Uh, and they're gonna have orange flavor themed cocktails.
1: So wow. maybe I should get
4: this recipe, yeah, to that dang bar, baby. Yeah, for just sure. We'll send this. it
1: over to you. It's gonna be
3: even smaller, though. Like <laughs> yeah. keep i keep shrinking it stamp. down. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> it's really it's working, great when you put it up on the screen yeah. <laughs> and it's so impossible to read that it just doesn't make sense. It could be sad. <laughs> it. It. Listen, work. There was some behind the scenes stuff going on with revising
1: it and printing out a PDF. I didn't have time to tech uh, check that a, particular
2: way. nothing a bartender likes more than getting an egg white based cocktail like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> definitely do
1: that here's the instructions yeah <laughs> buy a bunch of eggs that's I all quit. i can tell you <laughs> Pete, oh before God. i interrupted you though you had a question or a statement you wanted to
3: bring up yes yeah i just, have just wanted a to get- statement uh say uh, i really love this this really uh did like uh zelbatron was saying it really brought me back to my youth seeing like a like a kick-ass zine again so congrats on that um my my favorite line was the uh couple that said uh we're not having children because we saw a bar (laughs) graph on uh john oliver so a tip of the hat to you sir that was hysterical (laughs) Thank you. Um, thank you. But how, well, the one thing I've always wondered about zines is how do you know when an issue is done? Because it's a collection of stories. Like, yeah. how do you decide how many go in there? Uh, where it feels way. too light, or or you feel like, oh, this is the perfect amount. Totally.
4: I mean, I I had uh, that the the one you brought up I, I had made and literally just texted people. It's all all ever <laughs> uh, everywhere everywhere it went. Um, but I had like three or four of things like that. And I basically wanted. I knew I wanted to do at least 24 pages. Uh, okay. And then um it just, uh, it, it felt done when I hit, like I, I had the, like I, I was able to truthfully say there's 10 exciting things in this comic. Like, <laughs> like even though like one of them's like, yeah, one of them's just like kind of like a page about me, but there's 10 exciting <laughs> things. So that was, that was, That was part of uh, uh, what. Once I hit ten individual like segments, I guess I was like, okay, that that feels right.
2: The Water Balloon Warriors really resonated with me. I yeah, legit no. oh, yeah. did that. And let me ask you, you mentioned that uh, being from upstate New York. Can we yeah. get uh, more location than that? You're talking sure. Two out of the three of us are legit upstate New York.
4: Oh, writers. hell yeah. Okay. all right. Guess which ones? I'm going to call it western New York because I know there's like co- competitions. All right. Where, all right all you right. know, the guy from Buffalo always like comes in and like stomps you if you say you're from upstate. But I am yeah. from near uh binghamton i don't know if that resonates oh yeah right right is. The nice. of binghamton. Bro. yeah 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 i'm like 20 minutes from binghamton in a town called new berlin uh, okay. i went to oh, school yeah. at uh suny Oneonta. oh yeah uh, dude yeah, yeah, i'm
2: yeah. up in our region i'm from Sy- start of syracuse
3: oh okay cool i didn't know I that split. dude that's
4: that's
2: awesome that is crazy yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah, you guys and should it. hang out, and work on projects together, and then not <laughs> talk to each other. You know, you I mean? That's a lot of
2: people. We work at the opposition. Where, where you from? There's a lot going on.
4: Justin was one of the uh, 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 nicest guys on the show. He uh, he made an effort to come in and say hi to us, lowly editors. I always oh, appreciate that. wow! It, I love hanging
2: out with you guys. The vibe was right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that was a stressful show. So yeah, I, I I would imagine it would be nice to to get away from the uh, <laughs> the writer's room for a minute.
1: Uh, now that you have Orange Flavor done, and granted, you're still doing the launch like we were talking about. You're doing the party, it's coming up and just everything. Starting. It's just <laughs> starting, but it's been out for a while, so come yeah, on. Yeah, it's true, that, it's true. Are you thinking ahead to an Orange Flavor number two? Is this something that maybe you'd want to do quarter, quarterly, do you change annually? change flavors or? with each yeah, issue? Yeah, like, great flavor. flavor, yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah.
4: Been a lot of requests for grape flavor. Yeah, uh, you say. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, here's my thinking. Um, I I made a website, uh, Orange Flavor Fun. That's where you can buy the comic if you. Oh, dot like Fun! The yeah. I know. Yeah, I just paid that extra ten dollars for that <laughs> sweet <laughs> ending. <That's laughs> Look at you! Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> um, but yeah, I built a website, and it's uh, it kind of works like a Patreon. You can subscribe. Uh, it's for free no no you know whatever um uh but i think i'm going to um serialize stuff there and the next printed uh uh issue will be collections of stuff that i really liked from there plus like you know original stuff that only appears in print um and i'm i would love I would love to do like three or four a year. I think that would be incredible. That's awesome. Nice, man. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's like the most satisfying creative endeavor I've ever, uh, I've ever embarked on. Like it, nice, it's it, uh, man. It's just, there's something so cool about the, just the creative possibilities of comic books. It's insane. Just like, you know, working in TV, Justin, I'm, you know, like there's a lot of, people above you telling, you no and what you can and cannot do. And constantly. I don't yeah. even remember the word. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I, uh, I was, you know, working in that industry and it was, uh, you know, I was happy with where I got, but I also was like, I don't think, uh, this is quite for me. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I have things I want to make. And like, I love comic books and, um, it just, it just re like making it was the first time I was like, creating more desire and energy to make than like working on a video where you're depleted at the end because it's so much effort or this is a ton of effort but it like it it was like joyful effort you're so much at the end yes like it's just it filled me with more desire to make more so absolutely that's awesome i'm gonna make as many as i possibly can and uh and, and hopefully on it in a timely manner. <laughs> That's awesome.
5: awesome.
2: Uh, let me just say that Oneonta is really lighting up the comments. You got Nat Town. Oh yeah.
4: And
2: uh, one of our other guests is an Oneonta uh, a person as well. So
4: Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to hang out in the, uh, I'll hang out in the uh, YouTube chat after you're done with me and uh, and, and say hello. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oneonta is uh, a fun town. It's, yeah. you know, it's a good time. That's the majority of our YouTube chat is usually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. just- I'm <laughs> A
3: lot of food stuff, you know. You know, it's funny
4: yeah. you say this. I'm looking into buying billboards for my comic in oneonta yeah. <laughs> Oh nice! A bunch of digital oh. billboards. It's not that expensive. Like it's shockingly like on par with like buying like a Facebook ad. I just wow. wanna do it. I've done- had all these weird projects like I was dead set on getting my comic book in a grocery store, and I did it. So it's like the '90s. You can go to a, you can go oh, to, uh man. you can go to Associated Supermarket in Ridgewood, yeah. Queens, and buy a copy of So cool! It's like, dude, like that's like, it's just it's man. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I got in Forbidden Planet. I was blown away. Awesome. Like, nice. yeah. shout out maddie D. That dude's super, super nice. And like, I'm a nobody. He didn't know me, and he was like, "This is cool. I'll put it in this store that everybody loves." But like. Uh, <laughs> I'm like hell yeah, that's awesome. Desert Island took me. I'm 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 quite pleased with the with the the whole thing, the whole experience. That's so awesome, cool, Micah.
1: Congratulations. The book is yeah. a great. Good luck with party. You. I'll shoot you the recipe, even though yes, please. Gonna be like you won't be able to read it. <laughs> He's man.
4: my the buddy. He'll I'll, buddy. I'll, I'll, he'll he'll get over the. I'll bring the eggs for him. I'll do that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Nice. yeah Awesome. Micah, have a great night.
3: Thank you. Take care. Great to see you, man. Thank you for having Good me. Good luck. Come back. But I yeah, will.
4: Orangeflavor.fun. Buy one, please. I got to get these out of my house. My wife's going yeah. to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. There we go. Micah, rock and roll. Uh, check it out. As he said, it's orangeflavor.fun. It is available right now, uh, and it is great. It is, in fact, orange flavor, and it is fun. So there yeah. you
2: go. Right there, great brand points.
1: Great brand points. That's what we're all about on this show. We're also about our other great guests, uh, including our next guest, who is the writer of the awesome upcoming coming out tomorrow from Oni Press, "Jill and the Killers." Ladies and gentlemen, Olivia Cortero Briggs. Olivia, hello. Hello,
0: hi again, guys. Hi.
1: Good to see you. Thank you for coming back to the show. Yeah. Oh, big. Big book launch. Uh, This is pretty exciting. This is coming out tomorrow. First four issues from Oni Press. And before we even get into the book itself, I'm curious, this is part of like Oni's, not rebranding, but big new push for books under their management. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you get to be part of that? How did Jill and the Killers get to be part of this?
0: To be honest with you, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's the best answer. But what kind of happened was that, um, you know, we were, uh, New York Comic Con was coming up. And I'm from New York City. So, yes, I, I wrote in the comments uh, before while Micah was talking that I spent all my summers up near Oneonta. So I'm very familiar. My dad's from upstate New York. He actually, nice. uh, yeah, he went to um, to uh, University of Binghamton.
3: Wow, nice.
0: Wow, I grew up in, like vibes on this yeah.
3: podcast. Yeah. So
0: a, I, I know when that became a part of the conversation, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, Binghamton
2: has never been mentioned twice on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like a record we just broken. That's never happened.
0: Well, before. I mean, it's 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 not it's not the hub it once was. Oh, um,
3: a lot so of we'll things like that way.
0: Ani DeFranco tried. She put in, or was mm-hmm. was that the Buffalo effort? Does she have a recording studio in Buffalo or Binghamton? I can't remember.
2: No idea, but that <laughs> sounds know, like it um, sounds true. Um, uh,
0: anyway, so New York Comic Con was coming up, and uh, you know we're we were making great progress on the book. And I just kind of waved my hands around and I was like, hey, ONI people are redoing something uh, for New York Comic-Con because I was going to be there anyway because uh, I have another book that's coming out this summer uh, with Mavericks, the new Fate Winks um, books. Yes. So um, they were like, oh yeah, we should do something. And then the next thing I know, I'm like <laughs> part of this huge launch oh, wow. for the new year. Um, so I have no idea if that was like already something that was in the works or if it was just me being loud and annoying, Um, that (laughs) earned me that, but, um, either way, uh, I have no issues being loud and annoying. Um, so yeah, I, I, I lucked out and we did a fantastic panel, um, and Oni has really put themselves behind this book I mean I don't think that I've ever done this much press for anything um, and uh, it's it's been really fantastic and I'm super excited and super nervous <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah. well, without getting too many into spoilers I don't think you need to be nervous about the content of the book because I yeah. I loved it yeah. uh, we read Yay. it it's we all loved it yeah I'm I'm not going to pitch it. Can you pitch it? Because I don't want to spoil the yeah, twist. Yeah, tell us how t- far. You have to show us yeah,
2: how
0: far to pitch. Exactly, well, the we first answer. twist you have to spoil because it's like yeah. it's it's part of the premise. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the book is um, about uh, this chick that I, I just adore so much. I spent a lot of time with her. Her name is Jill Estrada. Um, her mom uh, went missing the year before. So she's been under lock and key um, at her dad's request, and she is uh, just now going back to school after being away for a year. It's her senior year of high school. And uh, so, you know, she arrives back at school. She's trying to win back her friend group, and they've all moved on, and they're all, like, super into true crime and all of these murder mystery games. And so to kind of appease them and get back into her clique... Uh, she decides that she's going to pony up the dough and order this you know, really expensive pioneering murder mystery game that's like very much along the lines of Hunt a Killer. That was a big inspiration for me. Um, the thing is, when they get the box and they start solving the clues, uh, they quickly realize that this is not a game. These are clues to an actual real-life missing persons case that happened in their very town. And might, might, might somehow be connected to the disappearance of Jill's mom, which is the big overarching. Yeah. So yeah. So you guys, you you can okay. go that far. It's okay. it's, it's, great. it's out there. Uh, well,
1: I I love that. And one of the things that I really love about this issue in particular is how much time you get to spend with the characters. This is an oversized yeah. issue. So you really do take the time to get to know everybody. It's not the sort of thing where that last twist you're talking about, it's just sort of muddling along that you get there, because there's a lot of different action and a lot of kind of gory stuff that happens at certain yeah. points of the book. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll talk about the pace a little bit when you're doing something like this, when you're setting up a first issue in a new world like this. What's most important to you to capture?
0: Um, it's really all about characters. Um, and that's where all of my stories start. And I always like to say that if you, uh, develop your characters enough, they start telling you their story. And that's Mm. when really, you, you don't, you don't have to do the work anymore. You're just a vessel. Um, and, uh, that's very much, um, what happened with Jill. And so what was very important for me to set up before we get to that big twist, which initially this is, um, it's a double size. It's actually two issues combined into one. So, the uh the like the issue out of issue one was the realization that this is actually you know a real life crime um and the the, the gory part that you're talking about this there's they find some human remains that they think are fake and then it turns out they're not fake uh and, which is which is pretty gross um but well but it's that, also
2: play, it's played for the gore side but also for fun as well so like yes. i think that's Great. That that's a nice. I love that tone that you're you're hitting.
0: I you have no idea how much I appreciate that because as I said in a previous interview, which people may or may not have have spotted, um, this is the first time that I'm really putting on my comedy pants. And, <laughs> Great and, and pants. So pants. So okay, good. I'm 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 glad that the pants seem to fit. Um, they. <laughs> They, they don't always, but I really worked hard on that aspect of this because comedy horror is like my favorite genre. Oh, cool. Um, and getting to combine that with this coming of age, um, you know, uh, mystery story um, was, su- was such a gift and I just want to do justice to it. But to answer your question about the pacing, um, the, the characters, you needed to be invested in the characters before we got to the hook. So most of the first issue is just really getting, getting the readers involved in Jill, having them love Jill, understanding the relationship dynamics uh, with her dad, um, with uh, Ginger, who is, you know, her kind of ex-best friend, almost girlfriend from back in the day. Um, and uh, And then this new girl, Clyde, who's come into the mix and kind of taken over her friend group. So it's, you know, it's getting everybody situated in this world. Uh, of Seligman, Arizona, which is a real town. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's this kind of. Um, it's 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 not abandoned. There's still people that live there, but it's a, it's an old Route 66 town. It's that like it, the Binghamton uh, of the
2: West in a lot. <laughs> <people.
0: laughs> it's honestly, you drive through it, you won't see a single person, but you will see about. 20 mannequins, fully dressed mannequins in storefronts, on storefronts. So you'll see that mannequins appear a lot in the artwork and on the, uh, on the covers. Oh, that's awesome. Do an homage to that town. So it's, I find it a totally fascinating place. Um, It like, it's, it's creepy and beautiful all at the same time, which are all the things that, uh, that, that I love. So it was a good home for this. So, so yeah, in terms of pacing with the first issue um, it's a, it's a lot of character and, you know, you're introduced to all the people in this world that are going to become important. Um, but, you know, pay attention because a lot of the things that you see in that first issue, I, God, I, I, I forget who said this, but, you know, in terms of story structure, um, if, you know, you want to, you want to put your your characters up in a tree. Right, and if there's a ladder that gets them down, you got to introduce that ladder in the first book, and it's there. So it's oh, not just nice. about you know introducing people to the characters in the world. There are there are elements of this case that these girls are going to use that they don't even know what they're going to use that are introducing them. That
2: That's great. And one oh. other thing I want to say about just the what you're laying out here is I feel like a lot of uh, books might say like, oh, she's new to town. And then she gets involved in this. I right. love that she's coming back and she has to earn her way, fight her way back into her friend group. That hit very a, high school. Very high school. And it hit a, per, a personal, like that specificity hits like personal memories in me anyway. I'm like, ah, I want to get that. My friends are mad at me. How do I get back in with them? And so, like, oh, that I'm so specificity glad to hear that. was that?
0: I'm so glad to hear that because um, it was actually personal for me, too. Um, I, uh, I, I went to the same school almost all the way through, but there was one year in seventh grade where my mom. Hi, moms, Everyone say hi to my mom. She's watching. Um,
5: <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> hi.
0: Um, I moved with my mom to Pennsylvania for a year and then came back. Ooh. And I, I, and I had missed seventh grade, which if you're a girl, it's like the worst year to miss. Formative. It was like wow. Wow. eons had passed. And I was trying to catch up again. And like people were mad at me. Like it was for leaving them. It was it was a whole big yeah. thing. So I'm glad that, that that was that struck a chord with you too, because that was personal for me. That's awesome.
1: awesome. Uh Pete, you were gonna say something.
3: Yeah. Well, first off, congratulations. This is awesome. A lot of times Thank when you, you get to the end of a book and there's that kind of big uh reveal or kind of like moment especially with the body part there and <laughs> i was just like oh shit i'm all the way in now like i oh, yay. Uh, it did such a great job of kind of like raising all you the need stakes is a and- severed
0: foot pete that's
3: all you need i'm a working so hard i'm usually
0: the person blowing it's okay it's okay Guys, we're not spoiling anything after book one for, yes. just so <laughs> everyone knows and yeah. in yeah. the first That's... issue you get two full books mm-hmm. yeah so we're not yeah. talking about anything beyond page 24 just
3: so you know <laughs> all right cool <laughs> but yeah i was just um was that one of those things where you kind of like write the ending first and then work your way back because i felt like you did such a great job of like full circle moment like really kind of landed uh uh the ship there so do, did you how how did you write this like what was your uh kind of like was it one of those things where you did the ending had in a, a, a time and kind of wrote to that or or how did you kind of uh, uh do it
0: well i mean the, well, the first thing that happened was that little nugget of an idea. What if you got one of these murder mystery box games, and it ended up? Oh, being okay. One? And that was um, just like the little nugget that I pitched to Oni because I had just uh, begun forming a relationship with them. Because, as you guys know, I was an aftershock baby before they were the only people that had published me. So I was like, you know, I was I was really determined to to make myself known. And and Oni, you know, they entertained me. Um, so that was the first part of the idea. Then um came Jill as a character and developing her and then <laughs> then came the mystery, which was terrifying because i've I've worked in sh- on television shows that had overarching mysteries, but I was certainly mm-hmm. not in charge of crafting them from start to finish. Um, and I also worked on a show called Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. So I Ooh. saw how you you really do if the, when you're solving any sort of case, you have to start at the end and work mm-hmm. your way back. So I had to, to decide who did this, how they did it, why they did it, and then work my way backwards in terms of the clues and how the girls were going to uncover this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next layer came their personal journeys, their arcs that I knew that I wanted to craft and, and, a lot of them you know, overlap. A lot of these girls are dealing with some of the same things and they collide in various ways. So then making those emotional arcs part of the investigation so that they're not two separate things. It's not someone's having an emotional journey over here and then solving a case over here. Mm-hmm. The case itself and working together and the things that they discover are pushing their emotional arcs forward. And that honestly was probably the hardest part of crafting mm-hmm.
3: Well, you killed it.
0: Firewall. Oh, thank you. And you guys haven't even gotten to the end yet, so don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
1: yeah. we'll see. So we retract. All, all of our killed comments were retracted. You half killed it. Yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: Listen, um,
1: was there any music influence here? And the reason I ask is because the title, Jill and the Killers, immediately makes oh, me think of like a weird. band. Yeah. The cover a little bit looks like an album cover. Is that just... Coincidence, or was that in Um, the book at all? Are you just inherently
3: badass, or like,
0: (laughs) and then, yes, Yes.
3: yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, I know they look like band hats, don't they? They do. That's merch. I'm very excited about these. I know I got merch. I'm bringing them to signings. If you come to a signing, you'll get a free hat.
1: Ooh, uh, so that's, nice. that, that that, that's my
0: incentive because I'm too insecure to think that people will just come to see my book. <laughs> if you hat, you'll come, right? Oh yeah.
5: Definitely. <laughs>
2: that looks cool and warm. Yeah.
0: You. Uh, no, you know, it's funny. Little little trade secret. Um, since you guys are who you are, the original title for this book was Jill in the Box. Oh, um, This is it's a direct kind of it's an homage to and a subversion of the the same types of coming of age stories uh, from my youth that all had casts of boys for the most part. Right. Mm -hmm, So you have like the the Goonies and Stand By Mm -hmm. Me and Hardy Boys. Right. Like and and, um, Lord of the Flies was another like favorite of mine Mm -hmm. Um, and Monster Squad. Oh, Uh, when I would, you know, when I was a kid, like fantasizing about putting myself into those stories even though some of them like you know it they, they, they had a token girl mm-hmm. if there was a group of boys that decided on one girl to hang out with it was not going to be me like that was <laughs> <laughs> <I just laughs> not- so um you know I wanted to make this a group of girls um that are you know it's it's very much it's a very similar type of genre um but to make it easier for you know girls like me to imagine themselves in the story. So for that reason all of the characters names are the female part of male female duos where the male name came first. So Jack and Jill, obviously. Ah. Uh, Juliet is the mom's name, Romeo and Juliet. Fred Astaire, mm-hmm. Ginger Rogers. We have Ginger.
5: Ah. That's awesome.
0: Sonny and Cher. We have Cher. Ah. And, um, and then we have Clyde uh of bonnie and clyde obviously there's something different happening here and that's because she's the character who comes in and shakes things up
3: so oh, uh, we, wow, little... there is yeah. a lot of layers going on here i, oh, I know
0: it. i <laughs> i tried really hard also you guys should know this book is like four years in the making so i had a lot of time to do all of <laughs> um so uh you know the so is jill in the box jack in the mm-hmm. box right
3: right
5: right and
0: right. then like uh, oni was like listen olivia we appreciate all of this like feminist blah 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 that you keep telling us about. <laughs> but it's not telling readers enough of what the book is about and where right. we want this book to sell so finally i was like okay guys i'll get crunchy and commercial with you and jill and the killers was something that i pitched to them and i knowing full well that it sounded like a band name and also that people might assume that her friends are killers or that she is part of a killer but i I, I think that people get it and I think that people yeah. are yeah. About it as a title. So, so yeah, that's where the title came from, but it's so funny now. And this is how things always work when it's the right choice and Oni made the right choice. Um, I, I, I only know it as Jill and the killers now and that's all. Yeah, that of course.
2: <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it, it's a hook. It's got a hook. That's what gets it in your hand. And it's
0: right. Cause I mean, and this is a little tease. Um, but this is not the, the mystery that we get to solve in this first, um, four book arc. Now that we combine the first two, um, it's, it's not the only mystery that we can tell. There, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes and there's a nice juicy cliffhanger at the end of the final book, which, you know, leads you, you'll, there's a lot more to be solved. There's a lot more killers. Yeah. Uh, out it feels there. that way.
2: Yeah. Good.
0: I'm glad. Um, and I really hope that readers love it because I could tell stories with these girls um, forever, there awesome. and awesome. and working with Roberta is a dream. I you guys.
3: I mean the arts. Cool. Uh, I mean, holy yeah, crap! Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. also
0: yeah, the it was, I mean, it really she, is. She allows me to to do things with characters that you don't always get to do in comic books, and it's so important for teens because. Teenagers, they don't always tell you what they're thinking or how they feel. There's a lot that they keep hidden. There's a lot that Jill keeps hidden. It's a huge part of her character. But I would never get away with the amount of subtext that I get away with if Roberta was not capturing the emotion um, panel to panel. So I got
5: really lucky with her
1: yeah it's a great looking book i did want to ask you about something that you mentioned earlier this also i think officially came out as news probably last week that you're doing the fate the wink saga graphic novel uh that is continuing the canceled series so it's sort of like (laughs) following up on the story or is it going between the scenes or how, how is that working time-wise?
0: Um, so initially, I think that they were just going to do a separate story because, um, you know, Maverick partnered uh, with Rainbow, who is the parent company of um, of Winx and Winx Club, um, before the Netflix show was canceled. So then when it was canceled, they thought, oh, because there were, I don't know if you guys know, but there was a major campaign mm-hmm. to, like, save Bait yeah. uh, Winx, and um, the fans were really upset. And so they decided that, okay, the graphic novels, it, that it'll be a continuation of the oh, Netflix. Wow. So um, it was kind of amazing because, you know, I work in TV as well, but I've never been given the opportunity to like, oh, hey, okay, we, here's a show. Just take over and do whatever mm-hmm. you want with it from here. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like a little bit of uh, wish fulfillment without having to worry about budget at all <laughs> uh, fantastic nice. you know when you're dealing with fairies and magic uh and a magic school um yeah you you do not want to be thinking about dollar signs um so yeah that and that was just like officially we announced it in new york comic-con the book but i know it was like it kind of officially hit the news just recently yeah
1: yeah it, comic cycles are weird because people all announce stuff and then it gets announced again and it gets announced a third time but yes it keeps announcing. Well, I-
0: because Always of that, be I was really unprepared for what happened, at least on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a 40-year-old mom. Like, my posts get, like, 10 <laughs> likes, and I'm like, yes, you know? But this, <laughs> first of all, this post exploded. It's, like, almost at, like, 17,000 likes. Who? There are so many comments, and it's just Winx fans fighting. Wow. like first it was like like a lot of like backlash like who wants this whatever which of course i think is funny because like a lot of people wanted it yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but then now Lisa. it's this battle of like who are the bigger winks fans like the fake mm-hmm. winks people or the winks club people and i'm just like wow. i'm watching all of this unfold and i'm like wow what have i stepped into because yeah At this point, I've only done, you know, creator-owned, my my Mm -hmm. my own little, you know, independent projects, and now I'm stepping into IP territory, and it's really
1: fun. Are you are you getting to know about all the ships and everything? Is that anything you're wading into at all, or are you standing? Oh oh my god,
0: what do you mean ship? (laughs) <laughs> uh, just... yeah, like, cool it, dude.
1: Stay no, out because the listen. I'll, I'll, full disclosure: like I Stay watched a couple comments. of episodes of the show, but I didn't keep up with it. But I know anything that has a diehard fan base, of course, people are going to be into shipping two characters together i don't know which ones so i can't oh
0: yes yes yep. yes, yes. Okay. okay um i missed the boat to, we're t- okay, this was, like, too many i missed the boat on one of them because i didn't know that fans were really really hungry for um a love affair between um stella and beatrix
5: okay um
0: Ooh. And I especially didn't get, Beatrix died at the end of season two, so I didn't think that people would still be looking for that. Um, But they are. So there might be a way that I can service that now that I know that that's that's wanted. Oh, interesting. Um, if the books continue and judging by, look, I, again, I don't know anything 40 year old mom here, but judging by the, just the amount of likes that the first post got, I would say that that's, that's boding pretty well for, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, another, another arc because we did two and that's kind of like a full arc. So the first book is coming out this year. I think the second book's coming out next year. Um, but yes, I, uh, I, I picked up a relate. There's two relationships that I kind of uh, picked up and shepherded from little nuggets of the second season. And one of them is Tara and Kat because Tara had come out of the closet in season two. Um, So that was really fun. And I was able to give that relationship and the issues that we're dealing with um, something directly from my personal life and uh, a romantic that I was dealing with, which was really nice and cathartic. And then another relationship that I was able to, um, to kind of run with is Riven and Musa we are just very sexy characters in their own right. <laughs> They're so like tough, get it together. I avocado. say, get so yeah, together
2: I
1: did. Awesome, I love it. Right, uh, Olivia. This is great. Very excited about all the wig stuff. More excited about the Jill and the yes. killers stuff. And I can't we'll wait to see how that series turns out. Yes, we talked some some time
0: for this one, but yes, Jill and the Killers comes out tomorrow. And yeah. Um, I will be uh, signing books at Collector's Paradise uh, in NoHo, for those of you um, in the North Hollywood area, um, at 5 o'clock. And uh, this weekend, I will be at Universal CityWalk from 4 to 6, signing books at Things from Another World and at Golden Apple uh, from 11 to 1, earlier that day. Yeah, Golden Um, Apple. So yeah, come by if you want your book signed and um, and hit me up. I, I want to know what people think. So I'm at Olivia C. Briggs. I'm moderately terrified, but please, you know, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you I do hope read I the
2: comments. It. We know that.
5: No,
0: so. I do. I do. Something I'll probably have to stop. Um, but for now, I I, I read them because I'm I'm morbidly curious.
1: Great. <laughs> oh boy, awesome! Great. And if you go to the wow. signing, you'll get a free hat as well,
0: right? Yes. Well, okay. This is within this,
1: reason, I assume. It's
0: while supplies last. While supplies last. Okay. <laughs> I only ordered uh, two hundred, and my kids have already stolen a bunch for their friends. I don't even know how many I have left. <laughs> oh, no.
1: You're gonna find like five. I only have five.
0: <laughs> how many friends my children. Five <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, congrats on everything. Great
2: to see you. Great book.
1: You too. Yeah, thank girl. you. All right. There we go. Oop, there we go. Uh, I clicked the wrong thing. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Uh, okay, there we go. The book is called Jill and the Killers. <laughs> it's as called- you mentioned. Killing He's it, just killing really crushing that end of that interview. You. Absolutely, You're
3: we've been doing You're interviews for years, and in no way, a of, there's ever... a lot of windows up. There's a lot, of here,
1: Pete. Yeah. Oh,
3: Come on, <laughs> tech. I love it. I'm getting I love old. It. Oh, on, these tiny get
6: little get buttons.
2: It. All you gotta do is get your beer to
1: connect with your mouth. Like, that's not. Sometimes I don't know about that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway, Jill the Killers is out January 31st, which is tomorrow as we're taping, as we're broadcasting here from Oni Press. Definitely check it out because it's awesome. And why don't we bring in our final guest of the evening another returning guest very excited to talk to him about this absolutely wild project coming out from top shelf mary tyler moorhawk ladies and gentlemen dave baker dave hello. Uh, thank you for your patience thanks for coming on the show so excited to talk about this so this is coming out i believe february 14th it's a perfect valentine's day present for your sweetheart <laughs> make sure to give it to them uh man i love this book uh this is i mean you've done some very interesting off the beaten path projects this is on another level entirely i think uh it correct me if i'm wrong about any of these details but basically it creates this alternate reality show called mary tyler moorhawk that's sort of an adventure show and you get to see that through graphic novel pages but at the same time we follow somebody who is searching out the history and creation of the show in a very behind the scenes, tell all expose, not biography, but like true life yeah. story as they're searching for the creator of Mary Tyler Warhawk, Dave Baker. Um, lots of balls in the air as you're doing something like yeah. this. Where do you start with a project like this? Like what is the initial genesis when you're sitting down to craft something like this? Uh where did this begin?
6: Uh I it's been so long I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> know how it started. I think the I think the rough idea was a like years and years and years ago I had this idea to do a book that would be the joke would be they would all be un produce screenplays of a series finale to a show that never got to end so it would be like <laughs> nine screenplays each, and the book would be called series finale the series and it would be a joke like fake deep dive into this television show that existed in the future where it was supposed to be a show that was going to wrap up all of these unfinished tv shows and each script wow. i would write full episodes of the final episodes of all these tv shows wow And then I got like four episodes in and I was like, you know, it'd be funnier if I just took this one specifically and made it into a comic. And that was Mary Tyler Moorhawk. And I started then just making a comic. And then from there, it was supposed to just be like an eight page insert in that idea. And then it turned into a story about a guy. Because as you as you said, like the book is half comic, half uh, half prose novel and the comic you're reading Eventually gets adapted into a tv show that only lasts for nine episodes and then we're reading all these prose expert excerpts and journals and zine entries it's like an epistolary piece by a guy 100 years in the future who's also named dave baker who's obsessed with the tv show and then he discovers that he has the same name as the guy who made the show and this sends him off on a weird meta textual fandom nightmare quest to try and meet this person wow
1: (laughs) So given that there are multiple Dave Bakers in this book where is the real Dave Baker in that? like how you, much yeah how, how much of yourself yeah. did you put in here i, I
6: guess well dave so, baker so there's there's two answers to that question you ready this will be the kayfabe answer, right? We'll just pretend like nobody can hear the other parts of this, but... So yeah, so I just opened the door and there was a package on my front door and I just opened it up and there were all these pages and then I compiled them together and submitted them to to Top Shelf and they published it and now this book exists and I didn't have to draw it at all. Somehow it got here from the future. I don't know how that happened. Oh, wow. And end
1: of interview. Thanks so much for
6: (laughs) (laughs) And then the other component of it is... Uh, that's like the, the that basically is the opening of the book. Is you're reading like an essay from me detailing how all of that happened, and I didn't draw the book. These are all pages from that old Dave Baker in the distant future, and he shipped them back to me in the present, and that's what's been published. um Why am I doing this to myself? I don't fucking know. I don't. Know. I thought it was funny like one time, and then I just continually. Keep <laughs>
2: But let me say that's what it feels like, and and there's so, it's very gratifying to be reading this future thing that is also old, something yeah. that I feel like comics fans love. Like we love the future, but we also love like newsprint and the old comics. So like you managed to have both in this, which is awesome. But I want to talk about the the art style. How'd you yeah. land on this like sort of hyper detailed, uh, monochromatic ish uh, color palette?
6: Well, I think it's very flattering that you aren't assuming that this is the only way I can draw and that it was a choice. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's
2: beautiful. Um, I will say, I mean, it. like it's beautifully done. And the yeah. intricacy of it is what I really keyed into.
6: Yeah. Uh, Thank you. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of like Franco-Belgian stuff like Hergé and Tintin. Um, actually, I lived in France for a while earlier this year and went to the Hergé Museum in Belgium. Oh. And it was like... It was like my version of going to Mecca. Like it was, it was amazing. It was so fun, and seeing those original pages, like you know, just standing there with my nose against them, being like, "Oh my God, look! You can see he erased the nose like four times." Um, wow. God, so man. the answer to is, I love, I love Herge and Ketsuhiro Otomo and Jeff Darrow, and so it's just like a soup of everything. Doug Wildy, mm-hmm. uh, it's a soup of everything that I love. I tried to put it together in a package of something someone at some point might think is interesting
1: <laughs> well, well what about the design of the main character then because she she very much stands out from everything else in terms of her simplicity and of course 100%. it's important to capture her and make her an intriguing character in the middle of all these text pages in the middle of all these wild visuals so what went into that creation
6: yeah so i'm obsessed with uh boy adventure girl adventure adventure the, the whole genre as a whole like Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Trixie Belden mm-hmm. torchy Lane all of that stuff and I think the thing that's really interesting about that genre is that the the main wish fulfillment that they're selling is that there's nothing wrong with childhood and in fact children are aware of things that the adults can't perceive like you there it's really like perception porn is what those that whole genre oh, is man. selling you know like even just like when you think about, you know, the covers by Rudy Nappy to all those classic 50s and 60s Nancy Drew Hardy Boys covers, they're always just looking, you know, that's like, it's Nancy Drew, and she's looking somewhere. It's Frank and Joe Hardy, and they're looking somewhere. And uh, those- that's such a great observation,
2: because the thing cause sort of my key into those books when I was a kid was like, look, they're just paying attention. Like I do all the time, but nothing happens in my life. (laughs) But yeah, totally.
6: Yeah, and I think that there's like there's those books are selling a wish fulfillment of that like childhood has an innate awareness and an innate goodness in it that you lose as you age. And you know, of course, we as adults are aware of the complexity of existence and the the push and pull of compromises that come with maturity. But as a smaller person, as a younger person, the adult world seems so. Just like weirdly complicated. Like it doesn't need to be that complicated. Like old man Miller down the lane is selling dogs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and I so I wanted to try and represent that idea that MTMH is just like somebody who is inherently good, and not because it's the right thing to do, but that's because and that's innately who she is. And so I used the circle motif of, you know, her head is a circle, her ears are two circles, and her buns are two circles to represent that a because um, you know humans are drawn to circular things because we are predisposed to try and take care of our and nurture our young and you know their their heads are oh, yeah. circular in form but also not you see that, two I'm, circles <laughs> but you I see agree. that you see that motif throughout like design and everywhere you know that that's the reason the oval office is round and not square so you can't have an emotional place to hide you know that's they the reason why it was designed that way so there would be no escaping the view of the it used to the, actually
1: you know, be a square and the president would hide in the corner most of the time and yeah. they'd never find him so eventually yeah. they
3: they smoothed it out
1: they smoothed it yeah, out. yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I I just wanted to say, I don't really have a question, but uh, you know, we read comics a lot and and talk about great comics, but artistically, just uh, opening this comic, uh, what washed over me was just so powerful and specific and amazing that I just wanted to say thank you. I don't know like how long it took or how agonizing all those details, (laughs) but I just wanted to say thank you, man, because like being. It was such a joy to open up and to kind of uh, dive into this insane world that I I just wanted to kind of say thanks, man.
6: Dude, you don't even know what that means to me. Like, the thing that's so... Somebody asked me a little while ago, maybe like a couple days ago, you know, do I feel... Because this is not me being big-headed. I'm, in fact criminally self-effacing but like the book has been getting a positive response it got a starred review from publishers weekly i got compared to david foster fucking wallace like i i am not claiming that i mean i would like to be that's cool i love him as a writer but you know um but somebody asked me the other day like does it feel like you've made it and i'm like no not at all but what it does feel like is a narrowly avoided near-death experience coupled with a birthday cake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I i genuinely mean this like that's really funny like everybody passed on this book and i understand a hundred percent why they passed on it you know my agent took it out everybody said no i personally went and pitched it like 15 different places everybody wow. said no and i totally get it it's non-commercial it's weird there's not a lot of things like it 100 percent, no harm no foul But Chris Staros, the publisher of fucking Top Shelf Comics, read this thing and was like, you know what? This thing's either going to be huge or a massive failure, but I think we should try it. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's so nice. And I think that that's just, I just think the world of him, I'm so incredibly, incredibly grateful. Because if we were living in the alternate universe where MTMH didn't get published, I would be a little upset. Just a little, because it took like five years to make this thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. you can see
2: the time in it. And yeah. let me make a sort of more uh, a commercial comparison to try to um, speak to people who uh, maybe don't uh, don't know the references you were making as much. Like this feels like what you graduate into after you are an Umbrella Academy fan. Oh, like, wow! If you like Umbrella Academy, this feels like the more like oh, I'm ready to move into something that has like even bigger ideas, more complexity, and is is mashing up
5: different. Things.
6: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, oh, sorry. Go for it. No, no, no. I
1: was just going to bring up a question from the comments. This is over on YouTube. Derek is wondering
6: why Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is I forget it's a pun most of the time. Um, <laughs> Cause frankly, like I like Mary Tyler Moore, no. um, but I just have like a giant list of pun names And for whatever reason, Mary Tyler Moorhawk, I thought that was funny. And now, four years later, here I am. And it's a very common question. People are like, so what, what about this is referential to Mary Tyler Moore? The answer is nothing.
3: <laughs> like, it's a great name. It's a
6: funny. It's just a funny name that I thought would be cool, and uh, I love
1: saying funny names. I, I mean, yes. I think there's a certain level, like you're saying, having read the book. I don't think it really has anything to do with Mary Tyler Moore. But if you wanted to plumb into it a little bit, this is talking about television history. Mary Tyler Moore is a quarter start of television history, Perfect. so at least it gets you thinking in that direction potentially. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And there's so much beret throwing in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah,
6: just yeah, yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the next the next arc is she's gonna have her like odd job era yeah, exactly. murdering people, deadly re- beret. beret, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I will say I will say that's yeah. actually one of the things that Christaros asked me. You know, he was very complimentary. He was very like this. You know, I sent him the PDF and he was like, "This it's very apparent you put a lot of work into this." But I have two questions. One is Mary Tyler Moore in this or related to this in any way because we don't want to deal with lawsuits and i was like no she's not at all and he was like second thing the ears mickey mouse and i was like no (laughs) no no just the same circular principle of design has nothing to do with mickey mouse and he was like okay cool
1: well but again same thing right like it's hard to look at mary tyler moorhawk without thinking about mickey mouse and it is all this stew of television ideas that you're playing with at the same
3: time. Also, uh, same thing. Chris Staros, great name.
1: <laughs>
2: Is right? It real? Wow. Nobody yeah. knows. Are we developing oh, a conspiracy no. theory right now? <laughs> Is, yeah. <laughs> what are we
3: pulling together?
1: Yeah. Uh, I also noticed, and I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler. I think it's not probably an Easter egg, but you snuck a uh, Halloween boy in there at one point. Are there other Easter eggs for other
6: works of yours in the book? 100%. Yes, there's many. Um nice. I, I am very impressed that you saw Halloween Boy. Uh Thanks. very, very impressed. Um that's mostly because I kind of just assume that no one is ever <laughs> 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 no one is ever really paying attention. So I'm always just like, yeah, then I'll put this reference in here and I'll be the only one who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's in there, and also uh there's a bunch of characters from the Moorhawk Institute for Increasing Tomorrows that are in Halloween Boy. Um, um. Primarily Dreeb Lazenby, the uh, head-handed psionic secret agent who may or may not be the illegitimate son of George Lazenby. Yeah. Saint George lays me, great, right? I love it. Um, I wanted to
1: ask you a question. This is a little bit off of this, but I wanted to ask you a question about your overall bibliography, I guess we'd call it. So you've got this book, Mary Tyler Moorhawk, that we've been talking about right now. You got A Halloween Boy that we mentioned, you've got Fuck Off Squad is another one of your books, and then you also have Star Trek Voyager 7's Reckoning yeah uh, <laughs> how how does that fit in how did how did that happen in
6: particular i'm a i don't know if you were aware of this but i'm a massive star trek fan like a okay. huge like so big that like i went to the skirball in 2020 when they had their massive retrospective of all the costumes in the set i went to the san diego Convention or not, uh, the San Diego Museum that's associated with SDCC when they had their Star Trek exhibition, only to see Gene Roddenberry's computer because I had seen everything else that they had. <laughs> in their, in their but I was like, I gotta see his computer. I gotta oh, see it. Awesome. Wow! So I'm a I'm a massive Trek fan. um And in terms of how it fits in, I don't know. I mean, I guess how does how does you know how does the the masters of the universe. Uh, beast man one shot that kevin or uh uh, fucking kirkman and tony moore did fit into their work on Walking Dead. i don't know comics are hard people trying to pay rent but also that was a weird just say yes so let me ask you then as
2: a trek fan what is your current like uh what are you liking in the current expanding trekverse
6: dude so this is okay one i love strange new worlds uh i love i love uh Everything that they're doing with that show, I can't wait for the next season. Fantastic! But recently, I've been—I I need that—I need that high, so I've been no. doing—I've w- been watching all the fan stuff. Have you guys seen Star Trek: New Voyages or Star Trek Continues? No, no, no. bro. Oh my god, this is a whole. This is a whole. <laughs> Let me just say, the short pitch is cast your mind back to 2005 there's an elvis impersonator a professional elvis impersonator named james collie he's unmarried he has no children but he makes a lot of money impersonating elvis so what does he do he wants to live out his inner fantasy of being jim kirk so he spends three hundred thousand dollars to build an actual screen accurate replica of the enterprise bridge gets a bunch of oh. nerds together and films fully completed episodes of the original <laughs> series using the original music cues new special effects, and a bunch of the original actors. Walter Koenig, <laughs> Nichelle Nichols, George... What? <laughs> yes. They all come back and they they film... He, they made a movie called Star Trek Gods and Monsters, I think? Gods and Men? I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's a two and a half hour feature film. And then they made 10 episodes of Star Trek, the original series, where James Cawley is our boy, Jim Kirk, and then all, varying other people play the characters because it's they filmed it over like 15 years, but there's an episode where uh, it's called To Serve All My Days, written by DC Fontana, the classic Star Trek screenwriter, and it was wow. written to, specifically to get Walter Koenig to fly to upstate New York, bringing it thematically full circle. The uh, Ticonderoga <laughs> is where they shoot it. Ticonderoga. Plus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the episode is, what if uh, what if Chekhov gets hit by a radiation ray and starts aging rapidly, so they have a young, the actor from the fan series, and then Walter Koenig wearing a wig, being like, oh, I'm my so god!" Old. <laughs> and the oh finale god. of the episode is he sits down on the bridge of the Enterprise and turns to, to Jim Kirk, and Kirk is like, Chekhov, we need you to fly the Delta-6 maneuver, can you do it? And he's like, yes, Captain, being super old. <laughs> and me, James Colley, like vibrating. He's like, Walter Koenig called me, Captain. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I haven't heard of this. I love that this question came up. Uh, this is unbelievable. How good of an Elvis impersonator do you have to be to make three hundred k to throw to a project?
3: Best, apparently. Make it, to,
6: to make it even better, this isn't the end of the story because one of the directors of star trek new voyages has a falling out with james collie midway through the run leaves with like half the crew they build their own set in south carolina and then they make (laughs) 10 episodes of their own show which i hate to say this i'm sorry james if you're listening i love you you're the best it's even better It's (laughs) (laughs) it's so- <laughs> <laughs> oh Yo, how
2: is this not a doc?
6: This is a that's huge what I'm documentary. saying. Yes, it's that's called amazing. Star Trek Wars. <laughs> yes, yes, love it. It's so uh, good. It's so good.
1: Uh, Well, listen, Dave, thanks for coming on to talk about your Star Trek fan show. We appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if there was anything else you were here to discuss, but that's mostly what I'm going to take away from this. Uh, Matt Towson says,
2: Dave, you're off message. (laughs) (laughs) uh, To get it
1: back on message though, Mary Tyler (laughs) Boerhawk, coming out February 14th. This book is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So cool. Congratulations on it. I can't wait for people to read it for David Foster Wallace and, uh, probably well you know, he's not he's dead man. but yeah yeah I wish dead, so uh that's not gonna happen but you there's
2: know, a slot there's an opening
1: there's yours, an opening to dude, be the next one
2: Dave. we're both named Dave I mean hmm? you're, you're halfway mean? there or you're
1: a third I don't live
6: that far from Pomona here's what you do
1: take three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> you yep. build your own David Foster Wallace cave in your garage no no uh, no yeah.
6: see Alex what it is is I I spend three hundred dollars. $300,000 building a bandana like a, just the bandana and the long <laughs> and that's just it and it's just me yeah. being like sweaty and being like oh, I don't know like the human condition I don't know it's like fucked up right <laughs> 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 and you
1: have one piece of paper that says infinite jest too and that's it that's all you yeah have.
6: yeah 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 infinite jest still jestin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: Uh Dave great seeing you again thank you so much for coming on congrats boat, on the man. book thank great you
6: thank you for having you, me
1: all right, there we go. Once again, oh, that was man. Dave Baker. The book is Mary Tyler Moorhawk. <laughs> like we mentioned, it's absolutely phenomenal. Really, so, definitely pick it up February 14th. From you the shelf. Pick it up. Maybe not a great Valentine's Day present, but just a great present for yourself to get. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah,
2: the thing you do on Valentine's Day get a present for yourself.
1: <laughs> get a present for yourself.
2: <laughs> That's hey. the most ballsy move you could ever do on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Roll in with a gift for yourself
1: All right, here's a gift from me. We are going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, X Twitter, or Twitch. And we'll get to them. They can be about absolutely anything. Uh, But first, what are you guys drinking this evening? Justin, dregs of wine?
2: Uh, yes, it, clearly you've read the comments. I drank a lovely uh, Negroni mm. uh, with dry root instead of sweet, sort of a lighter Negroni, and then I was drinking some red wine mm. to follow up. Pete? Hey, gimmick.
1: Oh, I am, uh, you know. Landshark? Knock, knock. Land Who's shark there? Rampant. It's Landshark. Yeah, and I'm just water tonight. Just some water. Are you what? okay, buddy. I had a bad cold again yesterday so still recovering. what do you have, one day cold I have yeah I have kind of like one day colds so there you go
2: man it's just your immune system strong <laughs> uh, a or... weak very weak and then quite strong <laughs> all right what you're like the on? Hulk you're like Banner Hulk Banner Hulk
1: Banner Hulk Banner Hulk except mostly better let's be honest why don't we move on to a question here this is from stray bullet how's Pete's? Need wall coming along, nerd wall. How's this nerd wall coming along, Pete? What's the update?
2: Uh, uh empty. Well, are you looking at well, the comics?
3: There, there are all these boxes, and that they're all empty over here because I've got comics spread everywhere because I'm alphabetizing, putting things into uh, you know, their own, you know, like all my Spider Man comics in one box, and you know, so it's uh. It's a lot to go through, so it's at different s- stages of insanity right now. Nice.
2: Do you leave the house ever? You have a new house, obviously, and it sounds like you're.
3: Yeah, I go house. on uh, walks and you know go to the grocery store and stuff like that. You know stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. but you weekend, gotta you gotta go sleep hang in every room, right? You're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah like eventually, it. I get, I can't move in this room anymore because it's all comics. But
1: ah,
3: <laughs> oh, best place to sleep. Put your head down on a lovely. Oh, you don't, room, don't want uh, a
1: stack don't of don't Wolverine. I mean, oh my oh, god! Oh that. wow! That's you are movie. surrounded. Oh my god! Oh my it
2: god! Is. You're like the comic book shop that uh, Nat Towson shops in, and sends pictures to our Patreon Slack.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Pete's house, AKA Oops All Comics. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> all
3: comics. <laughs> Oops All Comics.
2: Oops All Comics.
3: Uh, another
1: impossible question here from Scheuchler. Uh This is his weekly thing. What are your favorite examples of completely unofficial fan productions? Not not impossible, but...
2: Hard to track those down, I guess, in general. Uh, um, what was
1: that, that Spider-Man fan film that came out recently from a bunch of racists, and they were really racist, and then they did it anyway, and it was really bad? That one. That's one you uh, love? Spider-Man wow. Lotus, yeah. Very cool.
2: Uh, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I got very close to uh, doing a shot for shot remake of the movie Willow, set in Brooklyn, where we just sort of like made it up in a scene by scene basis. Wow. That's pretty awesome.
1: Pete, you got an answer? It would have been. We
2: should have done <laughs>
3: uh, Dirty Laundry.
1: Uh,
3: oh,
2: that
1: man. is actually the best. Yeah, answer. that's a very good answer. All right. What do we have there? Uh, this is another one for Straight Bullet. I'm opening a restaurant. Menu will change all the time. What's a dish you'd like to see on one of the six courses? Oh, my God. Ew, we have so much control here, I feel like. Well, oh,
2: and let's shout, let's shout out officially. Uh, Straight Bullet, our official shout. Straight Bullies. Opening a restaurant, his uh, first, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's uh, his first restaurant like, where he is literally, like, is doing the whole thing. It's called Wild South in New Orleans. Get to it, when it as soon as it's officially open.
3: Yeah, uh, everything that I've eaten that this man has touched has been like the greatest thing. His his chef skills are just unbelievable. Well, Pete, let's start with you then, because he made
1: a unique meal for you. Is there anything yeah. off of that menu that would you want to see on the menu? I just
3: all you? of it. Um, but I do. I I love his uh, palate for spice. Like he likes to. Uh, he has a great kind of sense of spiciness, so I would love to see because it's New Orleans. I would love to kind of see some kind of uh, something with shrimp that's got a little kick to it or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like spicy buffalo shrimp or something like that. Like not not that, fries. but no, this guy's a real fucking chef, man. Don't you dare! Yeah, us see like it. some tater skins or jalapeno poppers. No. Give us like
2: that.
1: give us that respectable gar-
2: garbage plate.
1: What Give yeah, what about that. like uh like an app platter, you know? Like we've got a couple of different apps on it. So you don't have to choose and you can share with the you,
3: you know, this started out nice and you ruined it. <laughs> this man is living his dream. He's doing something that's unbelievable and you're just fucking a dick. My dream is to have an app platter pretty much every day. And
2: I mean, I'll tell you what, I know that's true. That is true. Alex's dream is mind. to have like uh sh- sh- coconut shrimp hush puppies and tater tots at every meal he can get
1: and i'm making it happen i got a new job and i'm very close i'm on burger king's mailing list now so Ooh. it's really working out yeah,
2: that's that's a downward spiral i that's got an email flag. today from
1: mcdonald's they were like hey did you hear the news about the hamburglar and i was like Everything's in my favor currently.
2: Alex, you're just saying beige flags back to back. So you're, you're. I got an email from Burger King. Is what you were just bragging about? What's happening?
3: What's the opposite of a Netflix? I don't
1: know. Uh, e- email from Burger King, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is a question from Derek, maybe a question for Stray. What alcohol should be used for the CBC drinking game? This is Ooh. something that's being discussed over in YouTube in the comments a little bit. Everybody's very surprised we don't have an official drinking game. I feel like we did years ago.
3: Yeah. Am I crazy about that? I feel no, like... No, no, there was, yeah, back when we were doing it live uh, in the yeah. Black Box Theater, yeah. And it yeah. was... It-
2: Anytime Pete had a secret Punisher quiz, we would just
3: drink. <laughs> no, I thought it was, was anytime good. I swore, you would drink. Um, anytime Alex said something that was piffy, and then when Justin did his kind of like, you know, oh, fast quick explanation. Le- yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Fast explanation of nonsense.
3: Uh, but what alcohol man. should we use?
1: I'd say like some sort of banana liqueur, so I could you and get <laughs>
2: tight bananas disgusting yeah. well first off shout to the previous question derek mainhar and uh, a course called uh, crazy type bananas definitely a great, uh great end of meal course
5: <laughs>
2: a super tiny uh, flavor intense bananas i think i mean really it should be tequila shots i think for tequila or any sort of drinking game yeah hmm.
3: Wow, you just want people to get fucked up.
2: <laughs> I'm not trying to. That just feels like the most. You can't do what other shot are you going to
3: do? Well, it doesn't have to be shots, you know. And with the drinking game, you can just you know chug a beer. There's other things you can do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A land shark, maybe. Pete, mm-hmm. you you seem to have that around. I have chug- a lot of it.
2: A polite A complete land shark. Uh, Michael Eman says, "Whenever Justin wears a scarf, Jello shot. <laughs>
3: Watch out. That'll get you." Dude, this scarf game is uh, ridiculous.
1: Next question. In the spirit of Orange Flavor, what are your favorite alt comics? I think I mentioned this when we were talking about it, but Raw, back in the day when like Art Spiegelman was doing it, I remember, I have an issue somewhere on my shelf, but picking that up at Forbidden Planet, it just blowing my mind in terms of, wait, you can do this in comics? This is entirely different from everything that I expected, and it really opened a whole new world, honestly. Yeah,
2: I'm trying to think what that I have. I feel very disconnected from the alt comic scene these days.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had like friends who made zines and stuff like that that I would like to read. And then how about Pete's comic
2: that Pete was doing for a while?
3: There you go. Yeah, there was that. Um yeah, I chat it out, Pete.
2: Tell us what it is. Is it still out? Is it still online at all?
3: No, no, no.
1: Astronaut Jones? What was that? Astronaut.
3: Captain Jones. It's Captain Jones. Okay. Um, it's not that different. That was pretty close. He
1: is in yeah. space.
3: It was in space.
1: It, it wasn't space. <laughs> he is an astronaut. Yeah. Technically.
3: Well, yeah. He's more of a space pirate, but okay. <laughs>
1: but you should put it back online. Put it back online.
3: The people demand it.
1: Uh, why don't we do one last one to hear this? Oh, uh, actually, we have two shuffle. more. more. Uh, from Stanley, any new show review podcasts coming? Um, not currently. We're talking about some stuff, so we'll see. But we do have... Our Marvel and DC podcast. We're rebooting those back up. I didn't realize we hadn't done the DC podcast since like September or something. So yeah. we're gonna do those more regularly. And then Invincible is someone back hasn't in March. seen Aquaman yet. Yes, we're gonna do Aquaman. We'll do Aquaman.
2: We gotta do Aquaman. Um we are talking about doing a looking back at a show on Netflix that we haven't touched yet. Um, and doing a foil. Thanks. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, shouts to that. I would definitely do that. <laughs> uh, and doing a full uh, washdown of that. But the one I'm excited about that we have coming up is we're going, to, I won't say exactly, but we're going to do a draft. We're going to do a draft uh, coming up here. That's going to be very exciting.
1: Yeah. There we go. Uh, good tease. Yeah, nice Edward Doherty you. says, what's the second hand, what's the best second hand comic book purchase or find you've made? Oh, interesting question. Secondhand. I mean,
2: I bought a bunch of very old, <clears throat> excuse me, Jughead comics uh, uh,
1: years ago that I have come to really enjoy. Um, There was, and I'm sorry if I got this wrong, but I, oh God, I don't, I don't remember who gave this to me. And I know that's very rude, but somebody for the show, maybe it was Aaron and John. And if I'm getting it wrong, sorry, but sent me the del close comics oh that wow oh wow Waste, wasteland that's the name of yeah. it yeah right? yeah so yeah that, that's pretty cool i didn't buy it but that was pretty neat huh um and oh last but not least let's take this one from nat are there any stories from Krokoa from the Krakoa era that you could recommend to someone out of context Oof. nope tough <laughs> Oof. Uh, the only one that maybe I'd recommend is Uncanny Spider-Man, just because we love that. And you don't need a ton of context. All the context is in the book to understand yeah. what's going on. Um, so, so yeah, you can definitely check that out. Otherwise, somebody was asking me the other day, they were like, hey, what do I actually need to read? Because I kind of want to catch up before these final books. And not much. You need to read, like, Fall of X, House of X from Hickman. You yep. should probably read Sins of Sinister. And then... Well, here's or, the thing. I, I,
2: or... I agree, I agree with you, Alex. I know what you're going to say, Pete. Just wait till the end and you can have your slag off. But I, the Sins of Sinister, I think, is going to be important. But it keeps getting more confusing. Yes. And, like, honestly, we're going to talk about some comics in the stack this week that are going to be even more confusing and that's fine. But I think that points to the, the real clue I think is read Jerry Dugan stuff. The Dukes. He's, he's I think, the secret spine of this era
1: right Except now. it's also, like, if you want to go for that, if you're like, okay, you got to read all of X-Men and Invincible Iron Man, then you also need to read everything that Kieran Gillen is doing on Immortal X-Men and everything else because those are the two things that are heading together. And to make it easier, I really think, like, you read Fall of X, House of X, you read Inferno from Hickman, and then you can jump right ahead to these final books. Uh, oh, it's Sins of Sinister, final books, you're fine. You'll be a little lost, but you're going to be lost anyway.
2: Well, that's the thing is I think you're going to be lost anyway. I would say something to read that I really enjoyed that would work out of context, I think, is Children of the Vault, the Cable Bishop uh, story, which I really liked. Um but we're getting to the point where it's either all folding in continuity stuff or last chance to take a continuity and tell a weird story about it. So it's, I,
1: I was going to bring up this comment from Derek where he says, So your question, all of them, absolutely not. That's skipping like 30 different titles, including all of the ongoing X-Men book and everything else. You can just pick it up from these little snippets of events. There's a lot of stuff that I liked in there, but really, if you want to speed ahead, you just need to read those initial mini series, two other mini series, and you're good to go. Yeah.
2: I also like Realm of X.
1: Good stuff. There's lots of good stuff in there. Anyway. All right. Why don't we move on to our
3: next section? Sorry.
2: We said Pete was going to have last word on that.
3: Pete? Uh, well, that's the nice thing about comic books is, uh, you know, sometimes when, uh, you know, some things might, aren't going your other way, there's other areas that you can just dive into and explore and enjoy yourself and wait. You can just wait for it to, you know, things happen and then pick it up and start reading. And you don't have to know about the insane stuff that happened beforehand. Here's yeah, the thing. You, you don't actually need to read
1: any of this. Like you could just That's, stop reading comics at any point, right, Pete? I,
3: I think like, being surrounded by not comics what actually, I'm saying.
1: You I think being surrounded you by comics go outside.
2: Calmer. I think the the it's like a hug. That was the calmest answer he could have said about X Men. <laughs> yeah, was. you're being hugged by comics.
1: Well, anyway, I'm being hugged by trivia, which is our next section. Take it away, Pete. Woo! All
3: right, it's so, the so part we give back to you, a lovely audience. We really appreciate you listening and supporting. Uh, it's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in Midtown comics online. Um, yeah, we just need a volunteer and then you win 25 free dollars uh, pretty sweet and then you just go over to midtown comics and uh, cash it out you know what I mean get yourself cash some fun out. stuff to read
1: yeah cash or you know just like throw it away because you're not gonna read comics anymore because like who needs
3: them uh, that's that not what not. I'm saying. that is not what I'm saying. And don't come at me. You quit comic. You know what I mean? Like you got to a point where you're like, I'm not fucking reading this. You know what I mean? Like it happened to you too. So don't That's a fucking. That's true. I have never
2: it. stopped reading comics. Once I started, it's been a lifelong crippling addiction. Okay. <laughs> you guys bailed at times.
1: Yeah, I bailed when I learned about dating, and then I stopped dating, and I started reading comics again.
2: Why didn't like, you, well, What, what did it take this? for you to learn about dating? You take a class? Well, how did that work? Yeah, I finally got to the
1: issue of X-Men where two people were dating each other and I was like, what? You
2: You're can like, do that? Rogue is going to kiss Gambit and suck his life out. I want that.
1: Yeah. Uh, we got a... Uh, I think Michael Eamond is volunteering. Yeah. That's hard so. to say.
2: I think Easy Reader said me and Michael Eamond said him.
1: yeah but uh michael do you want to do it let us know in the comments (laughs) confusing
2: because michael maybe hasn't done it
1: yeah i don't think so it's
3: hard to keep track let's
2: check the trivia
3: database
2: yeah you keep okay
3: michael's in all right here we go michael all right today's trivia is on the top get you in the feel moments in comics and a small nod to the legend lynn marta r.i.p. please listen to all three options before making your selection here we go question number one according to cbr what was the number seven most heartbreaking moment in comics was it a walking dead number 100 glenn dies spoiler b julius randall hurting his shoulder in the fourth quarter or c arthur rosenberg a Bergie reference (laughs)
2: <laughs> Another great setup from the star of trivia.
3: Oh, Steven man. Lynch. That's been there the entire time, that battle. All right. A is correct. All right. Here we go. Question number two. Truth. What was the number eight on the list? Was it A, when your parents fight, B, Kitty Pride sacrificing herself, or C, Sarah Jessica Parker?
2: When your parents fight.
3: <laughs> Man, there's nothing that makes you cry more. You know what I mean?
2: You would cry when your parents would fight? You didn't? I mean, you would just start crying? That would that would uh, make it more intense, I bet. Yeah.
3: B is correct. All right. Uh, <laughs> must add nice parents. Anyway, question number three. This number... is therapy, sort of. <laughs> uh, that this whole show is. Question number three. Number five on the list was one of my favorites. Was it a the Flashpoint letter? B, what's the name of the line who is great at bringing you stuff? C, Leo Getter. <laughs> wow, a
1: rare <laughs> Punch setup punchline.
2: <laughs> line. I feel like someday a future society will look back and Pete will be the William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> He's dropping well, Leo
3: Getter. <laughs> what was great was our last guest was talking about how much he loves names. I was like, dude, that's my whole deal, bro. Eliza <laughs> come out. Flashpoint uh, letter, so
1: heartbreaking. Yeah, that's right. Hey, there we go. Congratulations. Hey. hey, congratulations, Michael. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown
3: Comics. Shoot us an email and we will get that off to you. Pete, what is the secret movie? course we're talking about the 1984 monster footloose Mm. Mm. now your feet are
1: gonna have to get loose if you're gonna make your way over to the comic book store to pick up all the new comics that are out this week unless you give them up like i have but what are you guys
3: looking forward to (laughs) it's coming out pete I'm looking forward to The Incredible Hulk number eight, a surprise to nobody, as well as Batman and Robin annual number one and Batman Offworld number three. Mm, Wow. That week for you. Yeah. He
2: eaten up all the Batman titles, which I also enjoyed. Uh, I have to shout out um, a title I really enjoyed and continue to enjoy, Local Man number nine, Mm -hmm. closing out this arc, uh, fantastic i just love this series from top to bottom taking like your classic 90s style image character and giving him a whole new world a lot of big revelations in this issue i bet
1: Couple of comics that I'm really looking forward to. Lilo and Stitch, number one, is coming out from Dynamite, from Greg Pock. Greg Pak, you like, uh, gotta that, get him on the show. Yeah, uh, but that's super fun. First time Lilo and Stitch has been in comic book form. Also, Avengers, Inc., number five, from Marvel. This has been such a great, fun, noir mystery series. I'm really bummed that this is the final issue of it. That yes. stinks. So I wish it had done better. And last, but certainly not least, I wanted to give a shout-out to an issue out today, DC Power 2024, number one, yes. which, oh, beyond yeah. a lot of other great stories, has a new story from N.K. Jimison and Jamal Campbell set in the universe of Far Sector. That makes it a must buy. You know? oh, oh, my God. And, it,
2: like, a cap- a real capstone
1: to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I
2: feel like if you're an, at all a fan of the Far Sector uh, run, like, you have to read this.
1: Yeah, Uh, so that is great. All of those books are going to be in our Stack Podcast that comes out Tuesday, not Tuesday, Wednesday at 9 a.m. in its own dedicated Stack feed and also in the Comic Book Club feed. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Mike Phillips for coming on to talk about Orange Flavor, Olivia Quartero Briggs for talking about Odie Press's Jill and the Killers, and Dave Baker for coming on to talk about Mary Tyler Moorhawk. Three
5: great
1: great guests. We're going to have two more great guests. Next week two more returning guests, Nate Powell is going to be here to talk yeah. about his new book oh, yes. Fall Through and Bob Fingerman is going to be back to talk about that's some business here in <laughs> bunch of other podcasts to check out comic book club news bringing the news every weekday of the week monday through friday marvel vision we have a bunch of news podcasts that have been rolling out sons of a gun our dc podcast also news podcast we'll get to aquaman don't worry patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on apple android spotify or the app of your choice except for google podcasts at comic book live on twitter slash x comic book club live on tiktok and instagram comic club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you at the comic book club
2: good night thanks
1: we're everybody
2: letting, we're letting there now. You know?
1: fish is always better later yeah uh, He's grinding. He's grinding. <laughs>